Good morning, and thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on social media and visit our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com, for our monthly devotionals, platforms, and more. This is the Walking by Faith podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This is Mark Cox, Crossroad Ministries. The last time I finished out in the 14th chapter of the book of Acts, I want to continue here in the 15th chapter of the book of Acts, speaking about the life of the disciples and the apostles and using the main thought where the apostle Paul says that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. So I'm just following the apostles and the disciples throughout the book of Acts. So we come here to the 15th chapter of the book of Acts in verse 1. Let me just read just a few verses here. And let's go to the Lord in prayer before I do. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray, Lord, help us to sow the good seed. Help us, Lord, to Lord, throw the fishing net out. And you said that you've called us to be fishers of men. We pray, Lord, that your word would go forth. It would accomplish that which you wanted to do. Lord, you said, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Lord Jesus, bless your word. May it accomplish that where you send it. And may it touch hearts and souls. And may someone who is a sinner, who has never confessed Christ as their personal Savior, may, Lord, they repent today and come to you before it's everlastingly too late. In Jesus' name, amen. 15 chapter book of Acts. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the matter of Moses, you cannot be saved. Verse 2. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, and dispensation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Verse 3, And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy. And I want you just to notice here this last verse here in this sentence in verse 3. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. Now, this is where we're at. The apostle Paul and Barnabas are you know, on their missionary journey, and they're going about preaching the gospel, and their special miracles were wrought by the hands of the apostle Paul and Barnabas. They were healing all manner of sickness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and multitudes of people, the Gentiles especially, were coming to the Lord. And it says in verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren, and said all this, you know, they pretty much said, all this is good, well, and fine, but, you know, they must be circumcised after the, after the manner of Moses. Unless they do that, you cannot be saved. When somebody comes along and says that you've got to do what they say, and it's not based upon the Word of God, you've got to do what you've got to have the same convictions I've got. You've got to believe the same, exactly the same way that I believe. You know that buyer's looking into. I'm not saying that sometimes individuals are wrong, but I've seen in my years of preaching, I have seen this go on for years, and I grow weary of it. I really do. And if anybody ever does it to me, to me directly, I'm just going to stand up and rebuke them. And it is this. Some dear old saints of God, holier than thou, will walk up to you or make a, a pronounce something from the, the pulpit or whatever in an assembly. And they'll say, God told me to tell you. God told me to tell you. God told me to tell you that you've crossed the line, that you've got something wrong in your life and you need to repent. You know, that elevates the person doing that to a status of holier than thou. I'm sorry, I just don't believe stuff like that. If God's got something to tell me, he'll tell me. I think he'll show it. I think he will reveal it to me because I am a child of God. The Bible says that 
God chastises his children. And if he doesn't chastise, you know what? As a, as a matter of fact, even I grew up believing that you, that you repent one time in your life. You know, Christianity is a continual repentance. That's right. Christianity is a continual repentance. It is. Not the original repentance that brought me to Christ. Not the, not the first time that I came to Christ where I, my eyes were open and the scales fell from my eyes and I, I realized that I was lost and I was undone without God or His Son. But the things that I do in the flesh and the, and the words that I say, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. I don't think there's anybody can say that they've never done that. But when I do something wrong, say something wrong, or do something wrong, especially to those who are my brothers and my sisters and my family, the Spirit of God convicts me. You know why? Because I'm a child of God. You know why some people go around saying that they got a license to sin with immunity and, they, and nothing ever bothers Nothing ever bothers them at all! I can tell you why they can do that. Because they ain't never been saved. Those whom he knows and he loves, he chastises. And if he doesn't chastise you, you're, you're a bastard. You, well, Brother Mark, you ought not be using that word bastard. What is in the, in the word of God? It's an illegitimate child. That's what it is. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Spirit of God keeps us in check because we are human and continually in need of grace. When you do wrong, apologize. When you say something wrong, apologize. Why? Not because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God and the goodness of the Lord always brings us to repentance. It's a continual thing in our lives. Why? Because we are prisoners of the flesh. For in this we moan and we groan, desiring to, to be clothed with our house which is from heaven. The Apostle Paul said that we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a heavenly place, a heavenly tabernacle in heaven, reserved for us in heaven. So they said, you must be circumcised according to the law of Moses. Moses, the lawgiver. In verse 2, and so they said that they had a little bit of a disagreement about this. And they said, well, let's discuss this. And that's another thing. You know, the Bible says, in the book of Isaiah, God says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as wool. The only thing that can make you and I clean. Jesus said that you are clean. You are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. You are clean. In verse 3, And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through the cities in Samaria. And it says that they caused great... They caused what? They caused great joy unto all the brethren. You know, it's a great joy. How good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is the most beautiful thing. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name. You know, I don't come to church to analyze what you are. I come to church to feed my soul. I come to church to fellowship with the saints of God. I come to church to be a blessing. And I hope that the church and the pastor and the message and the fellowship is a blessing to me. We, in turn, bless each other by coming together. And it says that they caused great joy into all the brothers. What a blessing they were. And then this issue comes up about them being conforming and being circumcised according to the law of Moses. Well, I don't think they were entirely wrong about that. They just wanted to simply, I don't think they intentionally wanted to disrupt or delay the gospel or anything or calling Barnabas and Paul liars or anything like that because the works that they were doing and the manifestation of the Spirit of God and how that Christ was bringing all the Gentiles into the into the into the fellowship of the Lord, and they were being saved, they were being baptized, brought into the body of Christ. When there is unity, when we're focused, all focused on one thing, it's not to elevate me, it's not to elevate 
the preacher. It's not to elevate a church. It's not to elevate a name. It's to elevate and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He must and he must always maintain the preeminence over everything. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body. In Acts chapter 8 verse 8, you know what happened to Philip? Talking about joy. Philip goes down to Samaria and he preached Christ. He, he did what? He went, he went down to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8 verse 8, And there was great joy. There was great joy in the city. Unclean spirits crying out, coming out of those, being delivered from the devil. People being healed. People being touched. Their lives being transformed by the power of the gospel. There was great joy in the city. In Psalms chapter 16 verse 11, Thou will show me the path of life, and in thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, I want to say, I think my worst day with Jesus Christ and living in his will and living under his providence and his love and his blessings, my worst day with Jesus Christ, if there was such a thing, and there is no such a thing, but if there was such a thing, my worst day with Christ would still be a billion times better than your best day with the devil. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Glory be to God. And there was joy in that city. And in thy presence, in thy presence, there are pleasures forevermore. First John chapter 1, verse 4. The apostle John wrote and said, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. In the book of James chapter 1, verse 2, James wrote and says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. No. Nobody. Nobody wants temptation. Nobody wants problems. I seen a comic strip of Ziggy years ago. He's standing on a mountain cliff and he and he must have had a pretty pretty bad time. And he stands there on that cliff looking over toward the heavens. <laughs> and he says, Lord, he said, I know that I know that you he said, Don't trust me so much with any more <laughs> so, any more temptations or diversity or, or opposition or troubles. <laughs> but he does tell us he says we, we just it's just not natural to do that it's just not natural to to rejoice to rejoice when you're having trouble but james says count it all joy in saint john chapter 15 verse 11 jesus said these things have i written these things have I spoken unto you, excuse me. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain. That my joy, this is Jesus speaking. Saint of God, when it's dark at nighttime and you can't see the end of the tongue, remember that tears may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. This is what Jesus, the Master, said to you. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I used to have a Christian brother I worked with. He, he, he would agitate me and aggravate me and he'd say, Is your joy, have, have, you, have you lost your joy? Has your joy leaked out? Yes, as a matter of fact, the joy does leak out. Because the cares of this life, you daily need to be renewed by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. Though the outward man perishes daily, the inward man is renewed day by day by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God that your joy may be full despite the circumstances. So they 
caused great joy unto all the brethren. Let's keep this in mind. Let's all try to all, always try to be a blessing to everybody around us. In word or deed or some way or somehow. Let's just, like Glenn Campbell used to say, try a little kindness. Just try a little kindness. When you see somebody falling down and somebody, it, their load is heavy, don't, don't make their load heavier. But try to lift up that burden. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so doing that, we have fulfilled the law of Christ. Let's try to be a blessing. If I can't say, my grandfather was a primitive Baptist minister, and he never, he was a very, very soft-spoken man, a, a meek man, a kind man, a generous man, and a Christian man. He's of the primitive Baptist faith. And I say, Grandpa, I said, do you, do you hate him? I, I asked him as a kid when I used to work on the apple orchard with him. I said, Grandpa, I said, do you, do you hate him? Do you, do you not like him? I think I'd use the term, Grandpa, do you hate him? And Grandpa, he'd say in his soft low voice he didn't raise his voice i never heard him raise his voice my entire life <laughs> so he said i don't hate him he said i the bible tells me not to, not to hate anybody he said but i just don't have i just don't have any use for it. praise the lord in acts chapter 15 verse 5 let's go on here oh let's go down let me read verse 4 and when they were come to jerusalem they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders and they declared all the things that god had done with them so they're reviewing with the elders and with the people of the church all the things that Christ had been doing through them. And verse 5. Well, don't, don't, don't take long. Don't take long to rain on the parade. <laughs> don't take long to have a... Here they come again. And there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying... Oh, well, excuse me. I'm sorry, I apologize. And there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees. Now, these Pharisees which believed, they believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Yes. They, they were just honestly inquiring, and they honestly believed that they had to be circumcised in accordance to the law of the Mosaic law. Because Moses is the lawgiver. And that it was needful for them to, yes, they're saved, yes they are, but they need to be circumcised and command them to keep the law of Moses. I want you to notice what it says there in the middle of that verse. It says, for that it was needful to circumcise them. It was needful. Notice that word, needful. In St. John chapter 1, verse 17, the Apostle John wrote, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now go over here with me to the 10th chapter of the book of Luke. The 10th chapter of the book of Luke, verse 38. And now it came to pass that as they went, and that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, now Martha is waiting on all these people and preparing food and being a good hostess. But Mary, her sister, she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came, and came to him, came to the Lord Jesus, and said, Lord, Doest thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid thee therefore that she can help me. Say unto my sister that she help me. In verse 41, Jesus said, and answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Verse 42, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. See the, see the sect of the Pharisees, they believed and said it is needful that they be circumcised. And Jesus says to Martha, 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 thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Murray has chosen that good thing 
that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You know, the Bible tells us that seek ye first the kingdom of God and of his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And verse 6, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. They were going to consider and discuss it. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God made a choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Verse 9, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Verse 11, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved even as they. Verse 12, And then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And when they had held their peace, James answered and said, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon has declared how that God did first visit the Gentiles and to take them, to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. And after this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. That the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Verse 18. I want to close there. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers, all things are created by him and for him. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, has spoken, as in time past, spoken unto the prophets, but has in these last days spoken unto us through his Son. So we'll end here in verse 18. I'll continue on in the chapter in the next podcast. Thank all of you so much for being with me. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your listenership. May the Lord richly bless you until we meet again in the next podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Rev. Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Podcasts air every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook for all the latest updates. And if you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries and Walking by Faith, consider donating through our Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you have a prayer request, you may message us via the Facebook Messenger app and all requests are kept private. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, we hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday.